It's a dreadful ball and Chelsea could be in here with Goff who goes for goal and scores! Finds the back of the net! Henri! What a goal! Inspiration for Arsenal from Thierry Henri! Medler, lovely cushion header for Gerrard! Oh, you're The Ghost Goal Podcast. Very, very excited. We have another guest on the pod today, a uh, close personal friend, I think I can say that. Uh, Keith Costigan works with Fox Sports, does a lot of stuff with the Bundesliga, also the voice of the Seattle Sounders. Keith, how you doing today? I'm good, and, and it depends on how close you're calling us as friends, you know? I would say you're like the like most inside Liverpool person I have that I can like text who will reply to my to who will reply to me or like reply to my tweets so I'm gonna I'm gonna count you on close personal friends you're you're officially yeah, invited we, 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 we have an interest yeah you're officially invited to my birthday party this year that's that's what I'm saying Perfect. so I, I want to start I know you were just over in England you went to a bunch of games at Anfield you were at the first defeat to City I just want to like what what's the um I guess what I'm trying to say is What's the feeling around Merseyside right now? This team is four points clear right now as we're sitting down to talk. They were top on Christmas. Is there a, is there a different level of anticipation right now going on over there? Yeah, I, I think I think over the last decade or so, we've we've seen Liverpool uh, be in good positions occasionally, not not very often in terms of the league table, where you felt that they were there um, on a, on a good run of form, where they were kind of. Uh, papering over the cracks. Uh, I mean, four or five years ago, Brendan Rodgers had Ali Sissoko as a left-back. You know, players that weren't really at the top level. I I think for the first time on Merseyside, the feeling is this is a Liverpool team that is at the top of the table because they are one of the top teams in the Premier League and one of the top teams in Europe. Uh, And I I get the sense there's, there's more of a confident expectation from the fans about what this team can do moving forward. I'm at the point right now where I turn them on every Saturday, Sunday morning, or whenever they're on, and I have this gut feeling that we're going to win no matter who we're playing. And honestly, it's because of the defense. Virgil van Dijk's been world-class for me. Andy Robertson, I think, is the best lap back in the world. Klopp has kind of changed the approach. How do you like the style that they've kind of shifted to this year as compared to last year when we were kind of seeing them light up more teams? Yeah, I think I think there was a, a sense last season that you know after twenty thirty minutes, if Liverpool had really thrown everything at a team and the team had withstood that pressure, uh, Liverpool were going to struggle to break you down. And, and that doesn't seem to be the case this year. I think we've seen Liverpool score a lot more goals in the second half. We've seen Liverpool uh, score a lot more late goals and, and be patient in their build up and approach. So I, I think you know at the start of the season, you know you were kind of saying, well, Liverpool aren't pressing as high. They're not, you know, trying to overpower teams or, or knock them out within the first 10 minutes. But I, I think it was a necessary adjustment to win on a more consistent basis. And I think with that added defensive strength that you talked about, Liverpool have the ability to say, you come out a little bit against us and we'll punish you. And if you do come at us, we have the strength to, to, to withstand that pressure. So uh, I think, look, I was at the, the Newcastle game. I was at the Arsenal game. Don't get me wrong. Liverpool can still go at you. They can still high press. They can still dominate you, as we saw in those games. Um, but now they have a, a little bit more to their arsenal um, 
if you could excuse the pun on that one. But <laughs> I think Liverpool have more ways to win, and that puts them in a better position than they've ever been in over the last decade. I'd agree. The Arsenal win was uh, one of my personal favorites. I, I predicted 3-0 on the pod, and my co-hosts who are not joining me today, but uh, they said, how dare you disrespect Arsenal like that? So I wasn't wrong, but... Uh, I do want to ask you about a bunch of new signings, all of whom have been really good. Fabinho's really coming to his own over the last probably six to eight weeks. Shakiri's the first man off the bench who's going to put in that, that vital goal for you. But the one I'm a little worried about, and Twitter in particular was really, really hot on this week, was Nabi Keita, who didn't have the best performance against Wolves in the FA Cup. I know you watched a lot of him at Leipzig. I'm a big fan of his. I'm not worried. But can you please just talk some sense into into I'd attempt to talk some sense into soccer Twitter and tell me that this man is going to be fine and is going to eventually just light this league up. I think trying to talk some sense into soccer Twitter is like spitting into a, a stiff breeze. It's it's going to come back on you. So um, I, I, I think, look, Twitter um, is, is not the place I would ever go to, to have a, a conversation or an argument about football because there's so many incredibly um, – uh, incredibly bad takes on players. I, look, I don't think Naby Keita has played as well as I've seen uh, in in the course of the last couple of seasons. But, you know, I know for a fact last season I talked to someone at Liverpool. They said that, you know, Klopp said he was an absolute beast. He was excited to get him in. Um, and, and look, he started the season well. He had a couple of injuries. And I think it's a case of finding his role in there. His ideal role is probably what Gini Wijnaldum is doing. So, when he has played, he's played further out wide to the left, and he hasn't been involved as much. And that's not really, if you remember, Naby Keita at Leipzig. He was very central. He would drop deep. He would make runs forward. Um, so in, in that regard, I think he still needs to find his feet within this Liverpool squad. But he's a young player. I have no doubt that he's going to play his part in big games this season. Um, it, it's taken a little bit longer than I would like, but, but I know for a fact that this is going to be a player over the course of the next four or five years that will, will play a part in success for Liverpool. The midfield's been incredible this year. Wijnaldum, I think, it deserves some shout for team of the season. Um, he's been great, but I love the options they have. This is like the real time we actually have depth in, in midfield, and we're still getting productivity out of James Milner. There's, there's, there's a lot to love right now. Um, I want to ask you about... Mo Salah because he has played he hasn't been the same player as he was last year I feel like everything went in on first touch and this year he's kind of been made to work a little bit harder there were the rumblings again critics calling him a one hit a one hit wonder but he's been he's been great over the last couple weeks do you think he can potentially repeat as the the top scorer in the league if he keeps this up over the next couple weeks yeah, I, th- I think he's one of those players that can. Um, but I think if you remember Klopp last year, I don't think Klopp was too interested in that conversation in regards to, uh, well, Mo could be top scorer and Mo got another goal, this and that. Klopp is more interested in, in what the team are going to do. So um, I, I think Salah will continue to score goals. Um, playing in a more central role makes more sense. He doesn't have to, to track back as much defensively, which is an important aspect of the way Jurgen Klopp's teams play, particularly in front of Trent Alexander-Arnold, where we've seen that, that area exploited on a couple of games where Liverpool have played against top-level opposition. Um, so I think he's still going to score a lot of big goals. Um, I think he's going to be right in the mix for, for top scorer, but I don't think Klopp or I don't think the club are going to let that overshadow any of the teamwork this year. Uh, they were so far 
out of the title race last year that you know everybody kind of got behind Salah, and that was the that was the the end product for Liverpool at the end of the season. Can Salah be the top scorer? I, I don't think there's an interest from the coaching staff to have that be a, a, a big story heading down the stretch. And and if I'm Mo Salah, I, w- I would imagine he's the same. I know he wants to score, but he's more interested in, in winning titles or or winning trophies and. And that's the most important aspect right now for Liverpool. Are you worried about Sadio Mane's end product right now? He's kind of been a little erratic this season. No, I think if you look back over the last couple of years, Sadio's a streaky player. Um, he'll score six or seven in, in five games and then go seven or eight without. But he's always contributing. If you, if you watch him play, um, his, his work back in defensively is absolutely superb. His movement, he makes it very difficult for opposing fullbacks to get forward. So I, I think Mane is one of those players that, even when he's not at his very top level, is is contributing in other ways to the team. And I think that's why Klopp picks him almost every week in terms of that starting eleven. I think against City, he was a, a, a level below what we're used to seeing him play. But having said that, he's you know centimeters away from getting that opening goal and 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 putting Liverpool in front against Man City. So I, I think Mane has scored goals this season. He will score big goals this season. But I think, you know, what history tells me is he's always been a streaky player, and and that's what Liverpool are going to have for the rest of the campaign as well. All right, I want to switch topics here real quick. There was a big transfer, the biggest transfer ever of an American player. Christian Pulisic heads to Chelsea. Uh, He's going to finish the season out with Dortmund. Um, Pulisic, who was promoted to Dortmund's first team by Jurgen Klopp, they were linked to him. I'm kind of okay with them not signing him, but how did you feel about the transfer to Chelsea? Yeah, well, a couple of years ago, I was back uh, in Liverpool. I talked to some people, and, and there was obviously definite interest then. Uh, I think it was just right as he was on the cusp of that Dortmund first team. Um, but uh, but I think the, the the state of affairs right now is, first of all, the Liverpool front three basically picks itself. So there is no real role for Pulisic in that Liverpool starting eleven. So the idea that they would go out and, and spend that kind of money on a player that wasn't going to be in the starting lineup, I, I don't think they were going to do that. Um, and I, I think the second part of that is Pulisic knew that as well. So I, I don't think Liverpool made any move. In fact, I know they didn't make any move this time around. Um, I mean, look, I, I was at Chelsea last week. I, I spoke to some friends there on Saturday about the move. Um, yeah, they're, they're excited to get Pulisic in. Obviously, they understand what he means to the American market, what he can do. Uh, on that standpoint for you in this country. Um, but I, I think everybody would say it's it's a fair comment to say the jury's still out on the final product on the field because, you know, he's been almost kept on the sidelines by a, a young English player in Jaden Sancho at Dortmund. And you look to Chelsea and they have Callum Hudson-Odoi, who I, a lot of people that I know consider him just as good, if not better, than Jaden Sancho. So... Um, the jury's still out about you know what his role is going to be when he gets to Chelsea, and you know I've also heard people telling me, well Chelsea aren't going to spend that amount of money on a player unless he's going to play. Well, you need to look through history at Chelsea because they absolutely will, and it's going to be on Pulisic to increase his level of performance than what we've seen this year to make sure he is a part of that that Chelsea starting eleven. So, you know, in summation, I think it's exciting for him. Uh, I think it's a move he wanted to make. Um, but now there's going to be extra scrutiny on him because of that transfer fee. And, and I do think from what we've seen this year, he needs to increase his level to, to really be considered a top star in the Premier League. Do you think Dortmund are going to close out the uh, Bundesliga and, and Bayern's uh, reign in the sun? 
Oh, I tell you, I, I think it's going to get tight. Um, I do... Oh, that's such a tough question. Uh, Dortmund have been excellent the first half of the season, but they play Bayern in April, if I'm not mistaken. And Bayern started to look like their former selves towards the end of that first half of the season. Uh, I think there's going to come a, a, a period where Dortmund are a little bit shaky, uh, almost almost a little bit like Liverpool and Man City in that regard in the, in the Premier League. Uh, I, I think the key for me for Dortmund is going to be, can Marco Roy stay fit? Um, you know, his, his form has been excellent this season. The young players feed off him. Um, but if you look throughout history over the last couple of years, he's missed a lot of games. And when he's missed games, Dortmund have been an average team. So if he stays fit, Dortmund are champions. Just if he doesn't, I think we're looking at another Bayern championship. That's going to be a fun one. Uh, Bayern, big Bayern Munich news today was that uh, Thomas Muller is going to miss the two legs against Liverpool in the Champions League due to a suspension from, I think, his last game in the group stage of the Champions League. Um, but thanks so much for coming on. I don't want to ask you about the Bayern tie because I want to get you on a little bit closer and we'll talk about it, maybe do a little preview. And I don't want to ask you, are Liverpool going to win the league because it's still too early and I don't want to jinx it and I'm not personally ready to answer that question. So I will ask you one final question. How how warm is it in Los Angeles right now? It is. You know, it's not that warm today. I, I just came back from England. I've been suffering with the flu all week. So it's in the, it's in the mid-60s, <sighs> which I know I, I, I've become such a, um, a California uh, lifestyle person that this is cold to me. But if it was if it was back home and in the sixties, I'd be out in uh, in my t-shirt and and shorts. So it's like thirty degrees soft, here. I've become soft in my California old age. It's like thirty degrees here. Okay, like it's in whipping winds. It's so cold here in New York now. I'm I'm not looking forward to the winter. It's it's not going to be great. But I'll stay in and watch a ton of soccer, which is fine. Um, thank yeah, you so exactly perfect weather to stay in and watch. Thank you so much for coming on, Keith. You can follow him on Twitter at Keith Costigan. Catch him doing Bundesliga stuff, and once again, voice of the Sounders. Keith, we'll talk again soon. Thanks, Andrew. Big thank you to Keith for coming on today. We're going to transition into a little special something that came to fruition because of the internet and now the special guest you guys were all actually waiting for thanks again to keith for coming on but we're gonna have a duel two guests on this episode i got a little creative this friday afternoon after getting chirped on the internet and i'm very proud and excited to officially welcome back onto the podcast our longtime listener our longtime uh one person audience the one person who's probably listened to almost every episode of this <laughs> podcast because God knows my parents haven't done it. Uh, the one and only Hayden Chamberlain. Uh, Hayden, uh, I want to ask you, how do you feel about Christian Pulisic's move to, um, I think they're called Chelsea? Uh, he's American, correct? Yes. Okay, that's all I know about this Pulisic guy. Yeah, um, yeah, that's good. I didn't know that was happening. Yeah, 58 million pounds. That's a lot of money, right? That I, I'm not sure what the uh, exact you know, currency exchanges, but that does sound like a lot of money, yes. Could you save his shots if you were playing goalkeeper? Oh, easily. Uh, the, well, the the only thing that uh, that gave me an issue back in my glorious high school days was my height, you know, 5'8", I'm that, you know, that average height, but to really succeed at the professional level, you know, those extra couple inches don't hurt. So, I mean, on a good day, I, I feel like I, I could compete with them. Why haven't you been watching soccer? The last match, using correct terminology here, last match I watched was actually the MLS final. And having a brand new team, you know, go all the way. 
And also it was more so because my girlfriend is from the Atlanta area. So, okay. So basically that that was the main reason. And if it wasn't for her, then I probably, you know, I I couldn't think of the last time I would have watched soccer. So basically probably probably the world cup. So basically you'll only watch soccer if your girlfriend or your former roommate makes you do it is, is what you're telling me. I didn't realize that, but that that's pretty accurate actually. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Are you aware that Liverpool are currently on top of the Premier League? The only reason I'm aware of that is because I follow you on Twitter. This is fair. I had multiple people this week tell me that, dude, I, uh, you're like the only reason I know anything about soccer is because I follow you on Twitter. And I, yeah, the, uh, the extent of my soccer knowledge comes from your Twitter. I feel like that's a, that's a level of responsibility I shouldn't be given. Um, I, don't, I don't know if I've earned that yet. Oh, uh, how do you feel about your mans at Manchester United uh, struggling right now? I'm talking about your favorite striker. What's his name again? Wayne, Wayne Rooney. No, 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 no. He he plays for DC United. Oh, for, oh yeah, he got arrested in Bethesda. Uh, he got, yes, Wayne Rudy got arrested at Dulles Airport actually for getting too drunk while Manchester United got waxed by Liverpool. Um, See that, that that that's the bigger news that we need that we need to get here in uh in America. Like if if we had soccer players getting arrested every other day, I'd probably tune in a little more. So you're saying we need no, need more bad boys of soccer? Is is what you're telling me? Yes, exactly. Bad bad boys of soccer. Okay. Hayden is the king of of purposely mispronouncing soccer players' oh, names. God, I haven't played FIFA in forever. I, I remember this now. Um, you haven't played FIFA? Okay, oh, okay. It's, it's one. It's been a while. It's one thing for you for us to like not live in the same apartment and you not watch soccer, but it's another thing. It is your personal responsibility to play as much FIFA as humanly possible. Well, you signed this life pact years ago. Okay, like I'm really disappointed in you, man. That's true. In, in my defense, I have gotten into uh, to Red Dead Redemption recently. I heard that's good. Fantastic game. But back to the original question, I do remember good old uh, Lukaku. How how are Spurs going to do this weekend? Oh, Spurs! I was hoping you're going to ask me about that. So when it go when it comes back, to, you know, start of the season, trading Kawhi Leonard, I am a hundred percent on with that move. Uh, good old Demar Derozan, you know he. I wasn't sure how it was going to go down at first, but, you know, getting whatever you could for Kawhi, I love it. Uh, DeMar, he, he's really fit in with pop schemes, um, you know, doesn't care about the shoe deals and the big fame that apparently Kawhi and his family did. So they got off to a rough start, but, you know, they, they're finally starting to mesh together. And, oh, wait, are, are we talking about the, the Spurs in, in soccer or the Spurs in basketball? I knew you were going to do this. Uh, do you? Would you welcome Kawhi Leonard back into your heart if he signed a free agency deal in two years when his contract lines up? Uh, absolutely not. I already gave my uh, my Kawhi jersey to my little brother. Wow, you he I, dead to me. You can go to Tottenham though. Would you? Those first. Can you comment? Um, this is breaking news. Can you comment on why you didn't incinerate your Kawhi Leonard jersey? Um, I was actually planning on it, but my little brother he asked me for. I don't even know why he wanted it, but he just asked me for it. So. No, no, no big story behind that. Okay, uh, Hayden, you said... It is a cool jersey, the the San Diego State Kawhi jersey. It It, is cool. It is a very clean jersey. Uh, Hayden, before we uh, we end this interview, I I heard you had a promo code you wanted to push. Is there there any... Where can we... Where where do you want the people to follow you on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram? Shout it out, whatever you want. God, I I forget what... Can can you tell me what my my Twitter handle is? I I can't even remember. Is it Hayden C92? I'm pretty sure it's Hayden C92. Yeah, sure. sure. So, you know, Andrew can look this up later, but follow him on on Twitter, Instagram, whatever it is. We'll we'll have some kind of promo code. I'm not sure what it's going to be for, but the promo code is going to be GoCorn. Okay. Shout out to uh, to Tom Esposito of of the Corn Stars as well. Okay. Follow him on Twitter as well. You, You can, you know, link his... At as well, I'm not sure what it is. Go corn is the promo code. Not sure what it's going to be for yet, but 
there's your promo code. Hey, can, can you say swipe up uh, new ghost gold pod out now? Swipe up new ghost gold pod out now. <laughs>